I'm Lauren Sterling, and this is Ordinary Grit, the podcast where I talk to ordinary people who have overcome and are doing amazing things because your story has power. Today, you're going to hear a bit from my friend Kylie, and I hope that you can see God's provision in ways that don't make sense. True story of immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. When we were going through our divorce, there was a lot of debt hanging over both of us with hospital bills and things that we were working through. So I was here, I was in this duplex, wanting to get out of the duplex, but I had- With four little kids. With four little kids on a teacher's salary. I'm not sure how in the world I was gonna get, number one, out of debt. Number two, am I gonna ever be able to afford a home for my children? And so that was one of the first instances where I sat down in my chair with my coffee in the morning and I prayed and prayed and I said, God, I know that you can do anything and I can't see how this is, this will ever work. And in that moment, I remember I got chills all up and down my arms and just, it was almost, he breathed into me my own sigh of relief. Hmm. Like I've got you. And within a week I had a phone call from the hospital that said, we are taking care of this bill. Hmm. We're just wiping it Those away. Those are want people to sit in what you just said, that he breathed in your, he gave you the sigh of relief. Yes. Sometimes he's, he's really tangible and really near. And I have a weird story where I always joked that he like laid behind me, like he spooned me. (laughs) But but yeah, these, it's like, that's what you needed right then. Yeah. And and right then that was what took, took some pressure off your shoulders, answered some questions. I met you right where you were. I needed to know that he had me and he did. He didn't, he didn't stand in front of me and give me a vision. He Mm -hmm. didn't tell me with money in the mailbox. Right. But he confirmed mm-hmm. his peace mm-hmm. in that moment. So that first phone call, the hospital. It was just like a checkbox. What? You're going to take care of it? Yeah. How? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Can we take care of the rest? Right. <laughs> and within time, mm-hmm. they they worked with me. It gave me the it gave me the grit yeah. to keep asking. Yeah. And to keep moving. And so I made several more phone calls to them and begged and told them my story and said can you do this for yep. me? Can I, I watched you do it here. Can you do it here? And well, that's brave. It's vulnerable. It's it's hard to admit that you can't or, or are struggling. Yeah. Those are hard words. And I'm the girl who doesn't like to call the pizza man. So, <laughs> okay. This so this is, is really teaching you some right? assertive things. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not kidding. Within months, I had taken care of the credit card and that was done. And my credit score started to rise. It came out everywhere. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was seeping from me. I was an angry person. And I'm not. Mm-mm. That's not me at all. I was losing my temper mm-hmm. at little things with the kids. And I, I wasn't able to hold my ground. Sometimes it's stay. like your nerve endings are all showing. Yes. It's just so easy to. Oh, that's like, such a good you picture. Know? Yes, exactly. And I mean, that came after all of the sadness of, you know, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. So it was sadness that this is, this is even starting. And then when it did happen, then the anger kicked mm-hmm. in. And so yeah, I was, I was bitter you, for a while. Do you feel like you have resentment now? Most days, no. That's good. Some days. Honest answer. Mm-hmm. Some days it still does creep in that bitterness. And I fight it because I know that it's not going to stay forever. 
the resentment, the yeah. feelings. Yes. Yes. Well, and sometimes we, I don't know, the culture is acts like, oh, feel your feelings, feel all your feelings. Okay. Yes. There is time and place to be angry. There's time and place to be sad. Yes. You have to walk through those feelings, but so really it's just you, you, you're swallowing these feelings that are super detrimental mm-hmm. to your body, to your mind, mm-hmm. to your emotions, to your spiritual life, to the way that you love other people. So it really isn't one of those things that I'm like, yeah, we should just wallow in resentment. If you can recognize it, feel it, you have to feel it, but then you've got to put it somewhere and, and, yeah. and move forward. Cause it doesn't do any good to wallow or mm-hmm. to hang out in it. No. So is it okay for us to be sad? No, for sure. 100%. Is it okay for us to be angry? Yes, we all feel angry. But is it okay for bitterness to take root in your heart so that you become a different person and that's what you're focusing on and dwelling on? Absolutely not. Well, and that's the key. What you just said is the deal. Because what you're what you're what are you looking at? What are you focusing Mm on? And and really it, it whether it's resentment or certain ways of insecurity, or if we spend too much time looking at those things, we're looking at us. Mm-hmm. We're looking at our feelings. We're, and it doesn't really matter what I'm looking at. When I take my eyes off of Jesus for just a second, it, it's I'm going to fall. Yeah. So that's really the key is yeah. what are you looking at? What What is the focus? Yeah. And so, but I appreciate the honesty because I mean, human nature would be to have resentment, to, to be angry. That's normal. Yeah. But it's not long-term. A solution. It doesn't do anything. No, there were definitely days where I felt like I wanted to be Carrie Underwood and go slash some tires and, you know, <laughs> be all <laughs> yes. crazy country woman. But yes. I know that that's not God's heart for me. And that certainly wouldn't have been a way to show my children how to persevere. Sure. So, yeah, that's great. Absolutely. That's what that is. Absolutely is great. So when my credit score started to change and the promises that God was providing were coming to fruition, I became bold enough to say, okay, I can start looking for a house, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I started looking and I was putting offers in on homes that were small, but doable, had enough space for us to, you know, be free, Mm -hmm. but to call it our own. I was looking at older homes with wallpaper in every room and pink carpeting Mm -hmm. that I could get my hands on and and make beautiful, but it was going to take a lot of love, Mm -hmm. but nothing was working. Nothing was panning out. And I wasn't able to put offers in on homes that was $50,000 over asking, Mm -hmm. which is what the market was doing. was crazy. Absolutely. So I finally just said, I can't do that. I need to be wise with my finances. I need to be wise as I step through this. The duplex is fine. Mm -hmm. We are safe here. We have wonderful neighbors. The kids are great. And so I decided to just wait and let God work. I put out something on Facebook and I just said, friends, at this season in my life, I'm finally ready to buy a house. I'm looking and I can't wait to tell you what God is going to do. And I remember saying those exact words on my Facebook post. God is going to do something. Just watch him. Three weeks goes by and I'm getting leads here and there from different people. And it wasn't until I got a text message from my best friend. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, what's the price point that you're looking at on a house? And I'm thinking she's just inquiring so that Mm -hmm. she can keep an ear out for me. But 30 minutes later, she texts me back and she said, Kylie, you are not going to believe this. Her neighbor across the street had just walked over out of the blue and said, guys, I want you to keep an ear open for me, which is exactly what I had just said. Right. 
we want to sell our house. We don't want to put it on the market. We want to sell it to somebody who's deserving. We want to sell it to somebody like a single mom who needs it, who needs a little bit more time for finances. Do you know anybody? And they looked at each other and they, they said, we know someone, but there's no way she can afford that house because it was bigger and nicer than anything I was looking at. And so that's when she texted me and asked me, what, what are you Mm -hmm. needing to spend? What's your limit? They stood there and talked with him a few more minutes. And he said, well, we just want to sell it for what we bought it for three years ago. Which in that huh? market, they could have gotten so much more. They could have gotten eighty to $100,000 more from their house. Yep. And she said, well, what is that number? And at that moment, he told her the exact same number I had just, just texted her. Oh, so good. To the penny. <laughs> so good. So the next day, I... As she told told me this, I've got chills all up and down my body. I'm crying, thinking, Lord, surely you're not doing it this way. This is too good. Like, this is too perfect. Well, that's what he does. Yep. He provides abundantly a, more. Ex- exceedingly and abundantly exceedingly more. more. Yep. And that became our verse for the house. The next day I went over and he walked me through the home, showed me everything, shook my hand in the driveway and said, I'm a man of my word. And this house is yours when we're ready oh to go and you've got your finances ready. We're, we'll do it. Crazy. So the next spring, six months later, I signed a contract on that very house that's bigger and better and nicer and newer than anything I could ever imagine across the street from my very best friends in a neighborhood that I never dreamed my kids would get to grow up in. And it's because of what God did. Am I wrong too that it's kids that you are, are in your school? Like, are you right there or no? No, not the same school, okay. which honestly is the better district. for me. Yeah, same district. That. Yeah. And so it has provided exactly that yeah. exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And yep. that house that we are living in right now and putting down our own roots, that's our freedom house. Mm-hmm. And it's freedom from the yuck. It's freedom from... Our sinful past, it's freedom from everything. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's wonderful. Yep. Provision in the craziest ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you could not have you could not have drawn that up. You could not have imagined that. And that's that's what it says, more than we could ask or imagine. And yeah. I love the reminders of that. I mean, it, it sucks that you have to walk really hard things or or you could look at things as wasted time or but nothing nothing's wasted. And we talked about that a little bit earlier too, but I mean, do you see that God uses your story repeatedly with people, whether it's about provision or your kids or divorce mm-hmm. or single momness, or, you know, do you see that? I see it a lot at work, just with my ability to stand up straight and tall again, when people are walking through their own hard. Mm-hmm. Every day, I've got coworkers that come and hug me and hold me and say, thank you for sharing who you are and what you've walked through because I never would have known and I needed to know Mm -hmm. that we can. I've had the opportunity to share what God has done twice now just through my church. Mm -hmm. And each time, God has brought women to me reaching out saying, can I talk to you? I'm walking through some of the same hard And I need to know that I'm going to be okay. And if anything, that is my heart for for women, for people. It doesn't have to be women Mm -hmm. to know that if you are walking through some hard that you never imagined 
would be your life, it doesn't have to stop there. Mm-hmm. And if you look to the Lord, if you look to Jesus, he's going to make your way. Yeah. He's going to light your path and, and you're going to be strong enough to make it through yeah. and be better on the other side. I think it also taught me in in my hard story, but obviously very different. Mm -hmm. It taught me how to love people better when I could, at once I got kind of on the other side, not that it's ever over and grief and death is a different, I mean, it's, it's, it's never over and you're never healed, but you're walking and you're healing. Mm -hmm. And so then when people go through hard things, I am, have learned how to be different, a different friend. Uh, the way that people inserted themselves into my life. I mean, I, I've, I've used that word. I have a couple friends that have li- literally inserted themselves, would not let me avoid them, ignore them, go yes. into my shell and hibernate. I, I, there are moments where you, you want people to leave you alone. You think anyway. And I just had friends who literally have inserted themselves. I mean, one who the, the year after Scott died that week was like, I don't care what we do or what time it is. I'm going to get eyes on you this week. So, I mean, we had kids in bed and we were having gringo dip at 54th street during that week. Cause she just wasn't going to let me go. She wasn't going to not put her eyes on me that week just to make sure she saw with her own face that I was okay. And so then when people go through hard things, I find myself going, okay, well, is this a time to insert myself? Mm -hmm. Is this a time to fight crazy, to pull them out of the street, to show up when they don't want me to, to be annoying? I mean, and and not that anyone annoyed me, but man, they loved me extravagantly. Mm -hmm. And in ways that none of them, I I mean, three, three of my closest friends that have really inserted themselves, one of them has never been married, two of them are married and he's not sick and he hasn't died. Could they perfectly relate? Not a single person I know has eight children, you know, adopted five of them. That's not true. I do know people with lots of kids, but my closest friends couldn't perfectly relate. And so if we look around for people that are exactly like us to those are the only people we can love, then we won't have anybody. No. But instead, they inserted themselves and loved me so extravagantly that then when it's when it's on the flip side and it's somebody else now, I've learned so much about doing that, Mm -hmm. about about loving people where they're at. It doesn't have to, I don't have to be able to relate. So, and, and God doesn't waste so many details. No, he, he, he uses the details of my story repeatedly. Mm-hmm. All of our stories are different and we all walk through different kinds of hard, yeah. but our feelings are the same. And God has made us in his image and he has made us and created us to have sadness and have fears and have anger and have sometimes that bitterness too. And we all have those things, but we also all have joy and we can all have peace and we can all have hope. And he's given us all of those things that are the same. Yeah. So each one of us, no matter what our story is and no matter how we can relate or not relate, that's how we come together. Like I can still point you back to the same God. Yes. who is the same all the time. Yes. So even though I might not completely relate to your circumstance or where you're at, mm-hmm. I can point you back to the same thing that is not shifting, that does not change. So yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you so much for listening. If you have or know someone with an inspiring story, you can apply to be a guest at OrdinaryGrit.com. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at OrdinaryGritPodcast to get to know me and my guests. 